0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, our annual camp, 2023. It's lovely to see you all. Vaguely, I can see I some see of you. Um, and uh, is this? Is this? Can you? have you turn me down?
1: I'm just adjusting. Right, because
0: I, I can't hear myself. Because they need, they need to hear me right down the end. Yes,
1: sir. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it was. Yeah, that's that's better. Uh, let me introduce this beautiful woman. This is uh, my wife, Tracy. I'll let her introduce herself. Just introduce yourself.
1: I'm his wife. You Can I ask
0: you all me. Um, what do you want me to say? Well, whatever you say. I have
1: five children. Yeah. Four of them are here. Yeah. One of them is Zach. Um, yeah. We homeschool. Uh, do you want cool. me to start? Do you want me to start? Yeah. Uh, so, this session is called Prophecy and the Story So Far. So, that's what it is, really. Some of you may have heard some of it before. Some of you may have heard all of it before. Some of you may have heard none of it before um but it is very much all of our journeys have been very much involved in prophecy and we've been led by prophecy and um god's taken us on a journey and we haven't always known where we're going um uh, can see my notes uh so we started living word about 12 13 years ago and um we were a church plant from the original living word so um, we were called Living Word, which was quite good. So we couldn't name it anything outlandish. We got stuck with Living Word. Um, and then we were meeting in the Memorial Hall, and then we were meeting in a school, and then COVID happened. Um, and that changed everything really. With uh, The school shut down, um, COVID happened, we had COVID, um, and we didn't have COVID, but COVID happened. And we, we had six weeks online, and then we were thinking about it, and it, it took six weeks to strike us really that they were saying all the things that God had told us to do: no baptisms, no singing, no offerings, no communion, and we and and no people. Um, so we felt that we needed to render to God what was God's. Amen. So Amen. Um, and God had said like all these things that God had said in prophecy. It, it becomes obvious now, but God had said at the time it will be as in the days of Wesley. I want you to. Um, go outside and be as in the days of Wesley and it turned out that that was really the only thing that we could do um, so we started off in little groups and then you weren't allowed to do that anymore and you weren't allowed to do it in public places um, so we spoke to Christian Concern and, um, and then we felt that God say you need a field we both had, came across Jeremiah where he buys a field several times and like we haven't got a field don't know where there is any fields and does anybody know where there's any fields and Claire knew Jean and Eric, and they had a field, and they'd been praying for years that God would use their field. And that's where we were when God said, Feed my sheep. So He's always like taking us one step at a time. It's like if you walked up to a cliff edge all at once, you wouldn't jump, would you? But God just takes you one step at a time. Um, so that's when God said, Feed my sheep.
0: Yeah, so uh, when, when, when we got that Feed My Sheep, we felt it was to be two things, to feed the sheep spiritually and to feed the sheep practically as well. And uh, I remember sitting down with our leadership team and in light of a lot of the visions and dreams that God had given over the years. And uh, I knew that what we were presenting was a little bit risky because at the end of the day, you know, I could be 20 years out, you know, if if right at all. And then what do you do? you just look like an idiot. So... Um, so I came before the leaders and said, "Look, I feel that we need to start doing something. We need to start practically uh, doing something. If things economically are going to get worse, which I believe they are, um, then we need to start doing something." So we looked at several solutions. First of all, how much would it cost to feed everybody in our churches um, for a period of three months? Because that's part of another vision as well. So as so we worked it out, and it comes around about forty thousand pounds, I was like, which is fair enough but it's like is there any way we can make it a little bit cheaper yeah don't feed them all right we'll do that so it's like is there any way we can make it a bit cheaper and, then, and someone said oh why don't you grow your own veg that will that will diminish it quite a bit and then and then so what we did is we got some shipping a shipping container and then we used that we got given a building and so we store a certain amount of food in that in a shipping container and then that's what led us into uh growing on this this allotment project now i remember when we when we first started that, we came to Eric, the farmer. Where is Eric here? Give us a wave, Eric. Eric and Jean, those two are like awesome. And uh, we said, uh, what would you feel about us, um, you know, having an acre of your field to grow veg on? And he was like, aye, because right. um, that's how farmers talk. Right. So um, <laughs> so we, he just got out in his tractor and he, he did us an acre of land, which, you know, an acre doesn't sound very big, right? It's like it's not that big. Until you are in it, and you, you look, you're stood at the bottom end of it, you're looking all the way to the top end of it, and you've got to fill all that acre with veg. And uh, it became a very daunting task. So then we decided, well, let's break it into fifths. So, you know, we can have things like legumes and potatoes and leeks and onions and all that kind of stuff. And then, then we then thought that would make it smaller, so that would be a bit more manageable. Then when you stand in a fifth of an acre, it's like, this is enormous. And so we basically, slowly but surely, um, started working with the land. And, and I'll be honest with you being a man of faith that I am. I remember sticking the first seeds into the ground thinking, this ain't ever gonna work. This is just not gonna work. And I was there with my little cane, putting holes in the ground, sticking in these little seeds. And I just felt God saying, well, you gotta, you know, at least bless the seed. You know, so I put in the seed and I just bless you in Jesus' name this isn't gonna work. And i bless you in Jesus' name. And, and, and that first year, we, we had an amazing crop, you know, uh, and you've probably seen it in the heart, um, I was gonna call it a comic then, magazine. And so, you know, we, we had, um, what are they called? Parsnips. Parsnips, thank you. So parsnips, so they look like kebabs on a rotisserie. They're about, they're about this big, that wide at the top. And, and I've no, never seen anything like it and God just really blessed us. And so that's how we started from that. And uh, where, where are we up to?
1: But you've done mine. Shall I do yours? Yeah, you do mine <laughs> So God said, feed my sheep. So that was oh, it yeah. in two parts. <coughs> so there was the practical aspect of it. And then there was also the spiritual aspect of it. So um, Chris has been doing a lot more in podcast teaching, trying to teach off the back of prophecy so that um, uh, people had like now words and we were when we we're moving together. And... Um, just had that practical application in the teaching as well um and in terms of the allotment it's just been amazing I think you know God said it and he knew but we didn't have any idea of what it was all going to involve and not just practically because that wasn't the good bit (laughs) but the spiritual aspect of it all as well like we've, we've learned so much we've learned so much practically we've learned so much spiritually um we've worked together as a community we've we've um Um, just move together um, towards Christ together so the community and the fellowship and the prayer um, people have been up here in tears they've been up here praying for one another they've been up here getting to know one another and I don't think we really understood what that would do how that would how God would unfold some of those things and that links into prophecies that you had that you didn't really understand at the time
0: so in in 2018 um, I was at one of our congregations called living Word Lee. and uh, I, I, I remember just uh, standing up that evening and thinking okay I got a nice cozy uh, pastoral sermon to teach everybody and as I got up I just heard the words many many Tekel, passing come into my mind from the book of Daniel and then just instantly this download I believe from the Holy Spirit and the the met that message was in 2018 which really kind of Kind of changed track for me in many ways because for a few years I'd just been being a basic pastor, just doing that, and then suddenly it was like a switch had switched. I always knew that God had called me to prophetic, but it's kind of just switched. and And this message that I got was uh, that Theresa May would be stepped down because God wasn't happy with her because she was compromising the Brexit vote. I'm sorry if there's none Brexiteers here, you know, just 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 go with it. And uh, and I felt very strongly God was saying that. Brexit is going to happen. It's what he wants. He wants his country separated from Europe. He wants his country to be independent because it's really important for the things that are coming down further down the line where we can't have the authority of Europe over us that we need to be sovereign in our own right. So God is free to do what he wants to do. And uh, and so in that, in that Brexit prophecy, I sort of got halfway through and then God started saying stuff through me that I, I had no actual understanding of what I was saying, which, you know, is quite normal for me, I suppose, being a man. But I, I, I just started prophesying this stuff about, about the resurrection of monastic communities and, and houses of prayer coming across this land and to, and to bridge the modern with the ancient and that God would revive the ancient paths of Britain. And when I prophesied this stuff, I was like, I, I do not understand what I am talking about, but I know that it's, it literally was just coming through. And, uh, and I know that it's important. And I know it's very significant for the, for the times in which we're coming into. And so since that particular prophecy, I, I was surprised that, that it's one thing to give the prophecy, it's another thing to become the prophecy. And so since I gave it, um, God's led us on quite a merry little dance, has not he? With the whole thing about, um, you know, what, it, what does it mean? What does it look like? What do monasteries look like? How would a monastery work in the modern day context? Um, and then we just start, suddenly got stuck, sucked into this whole kind of prayer movement. So, you know, the 24-7 prayer, IHOP, all these kind of things. And God just gave us this big download and uh, and this this whole new thing about, you know, going back to the ancient paths of Britain. Because there's things that Britain had, used to do, which I think God really treasured. And so when um, King Henry VIII dissolved all the monasteries, you know, I think he threw the baby out with the bathwater, so I think... You know, we took away the power of this nation, which was the power of prayer, where you had people all around this country praying at certain times of the day, every single ti- every single day. And that's powerful. And the King Henry VIII, when he dis- uh, the, or dissolved the monasteries, that was all stopped. And, uh, and since that time, since from that period onward, you could see then the, uh, what they call the Age of Enlightenment crept in and, and the nation went from being a very God-focused nation to a man-focused nation. Then came modernism and post-modernism and stuff. And we're in the mess that we're in today. I'm not blaming it all on King Henry Eighth, but you can see that how when we shut down those prayer houses across our nation, it did lots of lots of terrible things for us. Would you like to carry on?
1: So all those monastic things, community, prayer, enterprise, education, um, we want to sort of move into all those things. And I think community has been one of the big things that struck me um, because I'm an introvert and I don't really, I didn't want to go out and look for community, but God calls us to community. Um, and the world is pushing us digitally. I read this thing the other day that said, well, actually... Um, growing like maps in our mind where we link up we make friendships with the internet and and god's made us as humans he's called us the fellowship and he's called us the community so we we have to push back a bit against that because as sheep sheep is it called herd when you have a sheep sheep stick together they live together they 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 are a community and god calls us sheep and um when we, when we get together in community, we are the body of Christ. We mirror the Trinity, um, and, and it's good for us, and it's glorifying to God. It, it puts us together. The sin scatters us. So when, uh, when um, Adam and Eve left the garden, they, they were scattered. Cain and Abel, they got scattered. But the gospel gathers. So community is such a big, important aspect of it all. Um, sheep don't do well when they're on their own. So if we are snacking and grazing and um, we're on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, it's good and we can get um, teaching and different stuff from YouTube, but we cannot get community, we cannot get true human contact. And When sheep don't stick together in community, um, they get parasites, they get lame, they lack nutrition, they're susceptible to predators. Sheep aren't good when they're on their own. So we get fed, we get cared for, we get safety, we get accountability um, in numbers. And I think that, being an introvert, is one of the biggest things that God's sort of teaching me about community.
0: Yeah. Um, And also at the center of all this, and this is really what we're gonna be talking about focusing on this weekend, is about prophecy uh, the prophecies that we believe God's given us and also the whole thing about prayer and intimacy with God and then the church coming back into a place of prayer as well which is really important because the church here in the west is is not very good on prayer amen i'm sure you'll all agree it's not something that's high on our priorities and uh and i really believe God wants to bring his people back to a place of intimacy with him as well and um one of the things that I realised is that, you know, as a Christian, you can be busy doing lots of stuff. You can be in meetings and you can be doing this and doing that, etc. But then when it comes down to it, it's like how much time am I actually spending and developing my walk with God and my relationship and my intimacy with God? How much time daily am I putting into that amongst other things? And sometimes as Christians, we're so busy doing this, busy doing that. And there are those things that need to be done. But I'm just reminded of that whole thing of Mary and Martha. You know, Martha was like, oh, this, and got to do this and I've got to do this and got to do this and, got to do this. and it's like, but can you get Mary? She sort her out. She's just like sat there doing nothing. But Jesus said, you know, Martha, Martha, you're troubled about many things. But what Mary is doing will not be taken away from her because actually that is the most important thing. That everything that we do in our life comes from the place of intimacy with Christ, uh, not from being busy for Christ. You know, as a pastor, I can make my life as busy as I like, but if I don't give the primary focus on Christ, then everything else I do becomes, I think, a dead work. If everything comes out of the place of intimacy and then I can take from there and then come out into community, I think that's really important and really powerful.
1: Yeah, I think um, before COVID, you had had some prophecies and you were teaching a lot of preparation and things like that, but um, we can only do that before God for ourselves as well, like you're talking about um, the intimacy, that we need to get before God and be prepared in our own hearts because we did come to COVID and lots of people weren't prepared. Um, uh, I had a word that some, some feet would never step in the house of God again, and they haven't. We haven't seen them. They've fallen away
0: Yay, well done.
1: That's better. They're falling away over that time. So um, I think we're going to do some prayer and ministry and stuff this weekend as well. um, Because we need to be prepared. And I feel that God is saying that we need to travel light as well. We need to take no baggage with us. Um, We're sorting out like our kitchen cupboards and our food stores and all that kind of thing. But we need to sort out our spiritual cupboards as well to get ourselves straight with God. So if there's anything that we've got, any habits, any sins, any moral issues, any fears, any character things that hold us back and keep us from where we need to be, um, any past traumas that are troubling our souls still, we just need to get it sorted out so that we can stand strong in what's coming. There's a Latin phrase that is, if I can pronounce it properly, Stetra Tole, and it means take all the rest. It means take everything else, God. So we just want to come before God and spend some time when we're just here, there's nowhere else to go this weekend, to get before God and just say, "Setra Tole, God, take everything else, um, so that the only things that matter are left and they are in Him.
0: Amen. Um, I just want to share some of the the dreams that uh, God gave me. So my my first ever dream that I ever had, uh, before I was a Christian actually, was, um, and I didn't really understand it at the time, were, was I was um, part, I was one of three guys. Now at that time I was a practicing witch and I was into witchcraft. This is a very long time ago. I was in about 17 at the time and now 51. And in that dream, uh, God showed me these several instances. A house, I'd been supernaturally protected in my life from some certain things and then, then there was this moment where I had this confrontation with the devil. And then after that it moved to this next scene. And in this next scene, I was walking in Egypt and, I, and I, I was all decked out in all this beautiful regalia and I could see the pyramids and stuff. And I had this uh, mitre on my head and hovering over my head that it said, Master of Dreams. And I, I didn't really think much of it, but I knew that it was from God. Even before I was a Christian, I didn't believe in God. I was like, this is from God. And it was many years later, I sat in the bath as a Christian, just, just, you know, just looking at the ceiling or something. And it just dawned on me. It's like, that guy is Joseph. I was like, oh, how can I never how come I'd never seen that? And then in that moment, then I realized that that I, I really do believe it's not just about me, but also a Joseph generation as well, yeah. where people are being raised for such a time as this, hence the name of this conference, is because you know Joseph was there, he blessed Egypt, obviously, but his primary focus and primary ministry was actually to protect the church and the people of God at that time. And I really believe that God, you see. God doesn't want his church to be caught with her trousers down, to be put it bluntly. He wants his church to be in a place where we're not going around saying, why didn't God say, why didn't God warn me? Because actually God is preparing many people and many Christians for the days we're coming into. And so we need to be prepared prophetically. We need to be prepared practically and in every way that we can. And we need to be ready spiritually as well. And a few a while ago I gave a prophecy about the shifting seasons and in that prophecy, it, the primary message was, get Egypt out of your heart. Yeah, Every one of us, we've got a bit of Egypt in our hearts. And uh, you, you'll notice the story of the Exodus. There were many times where they were out in the wilderness, but they were like, if only we could go back to Egypt. If only we could go and do this. And if only we could do that. Because they wanted the easy life. Even though they were slaves, they would rather the coziness and the easiness of being back in Egypt because at least I knew when I was going to get my meal and at least this, that and the other. But I really believe that God wants Egypt out of our heart. so we do business with God. We say, Lord, I don't want things in my heart that hanker for the old things, that hanker for the way we used to do things, or or hanker for these sins, or hanker for those things. I want to be in a place where, uh, when I'm out of slavery, that I actually live like I'm free. Because that was the trouble with Israel, is they had a slavery mentality. So they were in freedom, but they didn't understand they were free. And the only thing they understood was slavery, and they wanted to go back. And the church has been in a place for the last 30-40 years, which I believe God wants to take us away from now. You know, we've done it in a certain way, and God's like, Guys, we, this, where we're going, it's it's a new season and with that new season comes new oil, new anointing, new ways of doing things. And the ways of using our intellect and clever ideas and clever plans, I, I just don't think are going to work in the days ahead. We need to be a people that can hear God, move by His Spirit and because we've developed intimacy, we're in a place where we're attuned to the things of the Spirit.
1: Yeah, and... Um being in a Joseph time, a time of preparation. Um, my second son's called Joseph, and it means that God will add what is lacking. And my second son is a little bit different to everybody else, and God has <laughs> added what is lacking. And, and, and that's what God says to us as well. You know, we can get worried about um, what's going on in the world, and have we done enough, and is, is this okay, and everything. But God will add what is lacking. It's in the name of Joseph. Uh, It says in Psalm 78, 19, um, God got upset because the people were saying, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? And obviously the answer is, he prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Of course God can prepare a table for us in the wilderness. So as we do everything that we can in the natural and spiritually to prepare ourselves, God himself will add what is lacking. And sometimes those things won't necessarily look like what the world would think He should be doing. In um, Psalm 41, it says that God takes care of the righteous and those who take care of the poor. So where in the world it might be saying, right, get everything you can in the bank. Actually, God says he looks out for us when we're taking care of the poor. So we need to have a kingdom focus on everything as well. We need to have faith arise in us and, and not allow the fear of the circumstances to come in. Um, I've got the cheese, shall I tell, yeah, the, cheese yeah, tell the cheese story? Yeah, yeah, oh, tell the cheese story, yeah. you've all heard the cheese story. <laughs> um, when we first started pastoring, um, I don't know did we get paid at all or oh, not very much no, no, or so much no. um, so we didn't have very much money pause that grew up on bread and water <laughs>
0: but he didn't do too <laughs> oh, bad so
1: big <laughs> 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 but God knew every time that we needed help that we needed help and um, one day I'd been shopping and I'd forgotten the cheese, and there was no money left, and they ate cheese like nobody's business. And I was like, oh God, I've forgotten the cheese. And um, that weekend, we went to a bring and share, and there was this huge cheese platter left. And somebody said, Do you want to take it home? And I was like, Oh, I've got cheese. And I thought, loads of different kinds of cheese. Um, but it didn't stop there because God provided our cheese for about a year. Somebody went to France, and they came back with a big thing like this that I had to cut up and put in the freezer. Um, somebody knocked on the front door with a big bag of ham and cheese and said, God's told me to bring you this. So, I don't think we paid for cheese for a year. So, you know, God's got it. God knows what we need, when we need it. And he will add what is lacking. He's Jehovah Jireh. And whatever else is going on, God is enough. Even if we didn't have cheese, God is enough.
0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. And we, yeah, we've... We've seen a lot of amazing things where God has done provision. I mean, just the fact for our church as well, you know, two weeks before COVID kicked in, finally, uh, there was a lot of legal wranglings, but the the church that were in Titchfield, they gave us their building. It's like as a 1.2 million pound building, they just gave it to us. I mean, mean, that's just amazing. I mean, it's a real testament to them. And, uh, you know, I just feel really humbled by that. And God's always provided our needs. So if it wasn't for our church building, uh, we would have been in real trouble because we were kicked out of schools because of COVID. And then, you know, we, had, we didn't know. It took us a little while, a few months before we ended up coming here. So, you know, God is so good. The fact that even how we even found this place, it was all God's provision. The fact that the people that, you know, Eric and Jean, they already had visions and dreams that this, this field would be used for Bible camps. They already had visions and dreams that it would be used as an allotment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, God's just, God's really good. He's really got it. But I want to encourage you with that, actually, with Eric and Jean, because sometimes, and I know there's people here, that you've been hanging on to certain things for a long time, right? God said to you a long time ago, oh, you know, I want to do this with you, I want to do that with you, etc. And, and you're thinking, well, you know, I've been hanging on to that now for 15, 20 years. When is that going to happen? But I believe God wants to encourage you by saying, the days are coming, the days are now when these things are going to happen. God's plans and purposes will come to pass. And you know, sometimes God's soon is a bit longer than we would like it to be you know Jesus when are you coming back coming back soon you know that was 2,000 years ago but God will will affirm his promises to you you will see that Uh, so I just want to share a few a few dreams about um, that, that kind of led us to this place because that 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 thing there that picture behind us this is ultimately what we want to do here on, on this land. So you may have noticed when you drove in, there was this building construction. That's a prayer shack. We've uh, Again, that's a strategic building that's being built so that we can have communities of people that can just pray and pray and pray for this land and pray that this gets done and pray that uh, no planning, nothing will get in the way of stopping this building from happening. So the planning's now been submitted. But what this building is, this is not just a church. This is... Everything that monasteries were and still are in their day. So it's a place of education, it's a house of prayer, it's uh, also a residential area where people can come, where they can learn the model that, which, that we believe God has given us, which is blending the ancient and the modern. And so instead of us going out planting churches, which we're not going to do anymore, people can come and learn a model. And then they can take that away and adapt that to their own plans and purposes wherever they are, etc. And also getting back into the whole thing of learning to work the land, pray for the land, heal the land as well, because that's a part of our priestly function. But all this is about because you know that dream that I had about being Joseph. Um, they kind of when I went moved on from that, I became a Christian, and then I, I remember going to Israel. And in that place, God said to me, I'm gonna tell you what my will is for your life. And it was when I went to Israel at this particular time, I think I was 21. Uh, I was picked out by several people from different nations at that time in this big meeting. And they both said to me, you know, God's called you to be an, an end-time prophet to the nations. And I was like, okay, that sounds really cool. And then someone else came and gave me a word and says, yeah, you've been called to be an end-time prophet to the nations, but it's going to be really tough and God's going to have to break you first and all this kind of stuff. I was like, I don't like this prophetic word. It's not very nice. And nothing happened. And I, I came back, got married, and everything was for fine for about five years And then suddenly these dreams started happening. And I just want to share with you a few dreams, if I may. Um, And so uh, one of the dreams uh, was and I'll I'll mention the bank because I don't normally mention the bank because it could make me liable for being sued. But hey, let's just do it anyway. And uh, in this one particular dream, I was walking down the street in Canary Wharf and I'd I'd never been there before, but since have been there. So I identified the building. It was exactly as I saw in the dream. As I was walking down that down Canary Wharf, suddenly this this bank building just collapsed. um, And it was this dust was everywhere as the debris was settling. And I could hear the BBC news in my ear and they were saying, we're just seeing we're waiting for the dust to settle to see what damage this has done for the UK economy. And then as I looked around, then suddenly I was taken up in the spirit and I was flown over Great Britain and every house, every business, absolutely everything. It looked like the blitz in the Second World War Uh, and the bank that collapsed was NatWest Bank. That was the one that went. And when it went, it triggered a systemic crash, which caused lots of other things to go. Now, when will that be? I have no idea but I absolutely know that it is coming and you know I had an angel appear to me in 2008 who told me the exact date of the stock market collapse three months before it actually happened and so I know that what God showed me then I know what he's been showing me I genuinely honestly believe that these things are coming to pass but the thing is you don't need to be a prophet anymore do you? You can see it. I mean now all the news they're still spinning it like oh inflation's come down except when you look at core inflation it hasn't changed at all it's still 6.9 also core inflation one of the things that will cause it to go up obviously fuel's going back up again but another thing that's not been because 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 it's a lagging indicator is the housing market so what's happening is now where interest rates have gone up it means that rent has gone up rental prices have gone up and also mortgages are going up but again that takes time to filter through so that's going to start pushing up the the um that 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 index as well my brain's not working tonight and then also another thing you know god was showed me a few weeks back was uh, or a few months back i had this prophecy called the jenga block prophecy and uh, it's like a stack of blocks and uh, in this prophecy god just pulled the one that you don't want to pull out and the whole thing came tumbling down and the jenga block was the housing market and uh, and so for a while now i've been saying you know the housing market is it's a massive bubble it's going to collapse and, uh, and so now finally we're starting to see the reality of that. This is not just profits saying this. I've got uh, on YouTube, I listen to economists and they're all saying the same thing, said it's coming now, it's, you know, already prices are dropping. Today we had breaking news, didn't we, that uh, it's um, again massive amounts of people um, downing their, their prices of the seller of their houses. So this, these things are all coming and uh, G- Britain's GDP, a lot of a good degree or a good percentage of that GDP actually comes from the housing market. So as that starts to go down, bear in mind, we're already just bouncing the line over a recession, because I do believe that we're going into not a recession, but a depression, bit similar to like the 1930s, 1940s. But here's the good news about the Great Depression. During the Great Depression, was one of the greatest moves of God that I believe this Earth has ever seen. We had a a Pentecostal movement that just ricocheted around the whole Earth. You know, with things like Azusa Street and various other pioneers at that time. And you might think, how are you going to build a two and a half or two, two, two million pound building in a Great Depression? Easy. Because there was a lady back in the, in the late 30s and 40s called Amy Semple McPherson and she started the Foursquare Gospel Movement. She built during the Great Depression, the largest single dome structure ever built at that time. It was massively expensive and it was a 5,000 seater auditorium and she ran five services in that church every single day. Okay, five fives, that's 25. So 25,000 people were being ministered to every day and that church helped the poor, helped the needy, etc. And I believe that I don't see any reason why this building can't be built during a Great Depression. do I get an amen? Amen. Let's have some some faith in the house, hallelujah. And so one of the other dreams that God showed me was this: this, the dream of what I call the happy-go-lucky church. I appreciate some of you have heard some of this before and some of you haven't, but I think it's quite poignant to the times that we're in right now. And this happy-go-lucky church dream, it was in the dream, I was actually the church as an individual, which was a bit weird, but that's what I was. And uh, I remember walking down the street and there were these weirdos shouting out that certain things are coming, certain things are coming. And I'm like, shut up, you weirdos. You're on the, literally we're on the fringe. It's like, just go away. I'm not interested in what you've got to say. And then I saw the farmer and uh, he, he represented God the Father and he had things and there was, like, there was like angels and stuff and they were warning. And again, the church just walking down the road going, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to listen to this. It's just a load of nonsense, load of rubbish. Uh, I don't want to hear it. Uh, and then I went to my house and in the house I was getting all ready to go out on Friday night because I was the happy-go-lucky church and we just want to have some fun and the news was on and there was disasters and all sorts of things going on in the news and I was just like, oh well, that's in some other country, we're good, we're okay, everything's fine and then I started walking down the street and then suddenly I heard this massive amount of screaming from behind and as I turned around and suddenly it was this massive tidal wave just coming just right on the horizon straight towards me and then everything just... And then I remember uh, as the church seeing an angel just stood over there and I said, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you warn us that this was coming? And the angel said, oh, we did warn you. We sent prophets, but you chose not to listen to them. Uh, There was this other thing. I don't know what that was. We sent them and you didn't listen to them either. And even if you didn't listen to any of that, you could have surely seen on the news That something big was coming. You should have seen it coming. And then suddenly the wave started moving and then this wave hit uh, and it it took out so much. And the church had to get to higher ground to be able to survive what's coming. Now, this sounds quite scary and quite alarming, I'll be honest with you. But that's the point of what God is trying to do. He's trying to get the church into a place where you don't need to be scared. You don't need to be in a place of tumult. You don't need to be in a place of, I didn't see this coming. I didn't know this was happening. And you can see practically now, Okay, not everybody can do what we're doing here but everybody can actually do something practically. And I would encourage some of you, because I'm sure, I know you've come from all around this country and there's more coming tomorrow, but I can assure you that spend time meeting each other, chatting to each other, because You know, you could support each other in some way. You know, you could get a a group that meets together and say, look, I've got some some land, we can do this. Or I'm really good at this skill and they're good at that skill so that you can pull your resources together. Because one thing you're not going to be able to do in the days we're coming into is me, myself, I and Jesus Christianity is not going to cut it where we're going. You've got to be a part of the body. You've got to be a part of a community. Now, I appreciate, now I was the guy that was outside of church many years ago. I was the guy with the chip on my shoulder about church leaders and I wore the t-shirt and I wore it proudly back then. But I learned the hard way that actually the greatest and safest place that we can be is in a community of believers. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that just go to your regular church where they're all woke or something like that. You, it's, it's because, you know, just, just going to a place where they're doing things that quite, quite clearly aren't biblical is not gonna be good for anybody. But but I really want to encourage you to really take this this weekend to really seek God and really seek what you can be doing practically as well for yourselves. Amen. And so uh, what we're going to do now in a minute, I'm just going to because tonight's really just an introduction to what we're going to look at over the weekend. Is I'm going to draw it to a close in a minute. And uh, if there, anyone needs to go, you can go. But we're going to also then move into a time of ministry um, because man, why not? Right? This is like man. we're in a tent. Let's get that tent crusade spirit going again. Yeah, it's like get the old uh, old Pentecostal stuff going out. We want to see God move in our land, don't we? But also, God wants to move in us, to move in our lives as well, because we need to do business with God. And I'll tell you something. You might think, well, there's only a few of us here. Well, God uses remnants for his glory. I mean, look what he did with Gideon's army, okay? That bunch of misfits that, that couldn't quite drink water properly. and they I mean, who laps water? Right, you you weirdos at Lapwater, you will do, okay? You're going to be the army, the weirdos, the misfits. And God is going to use us, amen, in these days ahead. And so let's let's give opportunity for the Holy Spirit. Let's give opportunity for God to move amongst us and do some exciting and maybe some surprising things. So who's up for some of that?
1: Yeah. Amen. Right. Hallelujah.
0: So Lord, we, we commit this weekend into your hands, Father, and we pray that you will lead it. We pray that you will guide it, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will really encourage us, really bless us. And I pray we'll come away from this weekend, Lord Jesus, feeling lighter, feeling more on fire, Lord Jesus, and closer to you as well, Lord God. Lord, that's what we want more than ever in our life. We just want to get closer and closer and closer to your glory and closer to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, above all things, that's what we desire, to know you more, to be closer to you. And I pray that this weekend, Lord God, we'll all go away going, man, I experienced something of Jesus this weekend, and I'm going to take that with me for the rest of my life into glory. And we ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. And all the saints said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah.